Wow, wow. So, so good to be here. Yeah. And um, I really want to echo sentiments for Nigel and Debbie. We have been together a long time. When the first church planted in Grahamstown. And uh, wow, God did amazing things. And and, um, yeah, 32, is it 32 years? About that, close to that. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, 31, 32 years. And a lot's gone on during that time. And um, it's been a real honor to walk with Nigel and Debbie and watch all their seasons. And uh, they've seen all ours as well. And and i got to say that, of course, it yes, being older and kind of bringing more to the party, more to the relationship initially, but my wife and I, we've been so blessed, so impacted. We've also been on a learning journey with them. And uh, just the unique, not the unique expressions of a present-centered life and the creativity and the revelation and, and just um, also how to, just keep saying yes to Jesus when you're getting pounded. <laughs> can anybody relate to that? You know, it's, I mean, anybody can say yes to Jesus when the sun's shining and all, everything's working perfectly. Well, you know, you don't need to be saved for that. <laughs> and, um, and yes, they've had many victories, but they've had many battles, and uh, they're the real deal. They are. The, they are world class apostolic prophetic leaders. They are. You get to be a part of that. And, and you probably know that, but there's just so much that they carry. And the family, I mean, Jessica and Jemima, and where's Daniel, and of course, Mystery. I'm the godfather, by the way. I am godfather to Mystery. And that's a mystery. No, <laughs> no, it's not. We, we are family. We really are. And uh, it's just really an honor to be here. I mean, watching what God did through their faith, their passion, their sacrifice in Grahamstown, hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of lives impacted and going on to cities all around South Africa and even the world, impacting hundreds and hundreds of lives. And then East London, I mean, I literally got to do the very first launch service uh, for the, the launch of the East London church and just the fruit there. And I mean, it's, it's in the thousands of impact that they've had. And uh, wow. And you guys get to be part of that. And, uh, and there's so much more. It's not like they're emptied and like, you got them kind of tired. And, you know what? No, man, there's so much more coming. And it's really an honor to get to be a part of that. And yes, I've been, I've been in South Africa going on 37 years. Yeah, I know that shocks people. I sound like I just got off the boat. You know? And... Uh, you know, I've been here so long, I call myself a South African with a speech impediment. Yes. Um, you stole my thunder. No. <laughs> and, uh, oh, yeah, wow, wow. Um, yeah, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Holy Spirit. You're so good. You're so good. Um, and I'm just reminded of Third John. I mean, I'm sure all of us at one time or another... In, in, in a positive way, you know, in just sort of the, the positive growth cycles we're in or even the battles we're facing, you know, we have these, this question, you know, what is God's will for my life? What does he think about me? What's his purpose? I mean, that's a big deal, bigger than anything else. 
God's purpose for your life. What does God think about you? You know, what's His focus? What's He saying about you? You know, I mean, anybody can can anybody relate to that? Maybe now it's kind of like, what is your purpose and your focus, your agenda for me? And if if I had just, I mean, there's a lot of awesome stuff in here. He's always talking to us and in a multiplicity of ways. And but one one verse keeps coming to mind. Um, and it was during worship, and it's for you, and it's Third John 2. I pray that in all respects, what it says, I pray. Third John verse 2, I pray that in all respects you prosper. That word means to gain, advance, progress, do better. That in all respects, you would advance, gain, do better, progress, just as your soul prospers. That's it. God's got, there's, there's no other agenda other than your advancement. That's, that's all Jesus thinks about 24-7. Now, John wrote that, but who inspired that? The Holy Spirit, which means who's praying that prayer? John's not praying that prayer. Jesus is praying that prayer prayer for you. Think about that. He lives forever to make intercession for your life. And every focus of heaven is for your progress, for your advancement, for your success. doesn't matter the goodness of the day, the badness of the day, the goodness of your attitude, the badness of... It does not matter. You will not find any other thought in God about your life other than Doing well, improvement, succeeding, being one step farther ahead than you were the day before. Everything is about your promotion. And yeah, I get it. It's all about Jesus. Yeah, of course. Of course it is. But once you find that it's all about Jesus, you discover that He's also made it all about you. (laughs) Anybody notice? What do you think he was doing on Calvary? It wasn't for himself, it was for you. Each one of you is Jesus in another outfit. Did you know that? You're not just a tool in his hand, you are his hand. You're not just what he uses in the earth, you are who he is in the earth. Body of Christ, anybody notice? That's not just a metaphor. You're his body. And he, and he is the best bodybuilder. He loves his body. He takes care of his body. <laughs> yeah. Boy, Jesus is looking good. Yeah. Everything about your life, only one thought he has, only one prayer he prays, and, and that will meet you, not just, like I said, people think, well, when I'm in a good place and there's productivity and there's resources and all that, yeah, we, that's more obvious. But even in the lack, even in the pain, even in the sorrow, even in the confusion and the disappointment, man, he's right there. Hey, hey, we got this. I mean, that really is the testimony of a Christian life. You know, it's being in a fiery furnace and not being, you know, not, not being cooked. <laughs> you know, 
right? You know, being in the being being in facing giants but not going down. I mean, that is the testimony of a Christian life, isn't there? Are no giants or fiery furnaces or no? That you're in the midst of it and and there's just a demonstration of something greater. It's called Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yeah, it's all he thinks about. I was um, I was flying back from India. It's 2017, if I can give a year to it. Six years ago. Wow, it seems like yesterday. You know, when you have certain encounters with God, you remember them like yesterday, right? Indeed. And uh, I was flying back from India and catching a connection in Paris, France. And um, anyway, I was next to the window, which is very rare for me. I never, ever sit by the window. I'm an aisle guy. Who's aisle people? Yeah, right. You don't want to be hemmed in. You gotta have, gotta be able to get out any time, right? That's, right? Who, where are the window people? Come on. Uh, you don't mind being controlled. I get it. Uh, no. <laughs> There's room. You know, you can lay your head down and go to sleep. And, but I was by a window and falling asleep and I woke up and I looked out the window and there was this massive weather system as far as the eye could see. And we were still, we were above it. It was clear above us, but below us, I mean, as far as you could see, thick, thick, dense clouds. Then I happened to look up at the monitor, and it said landing. Under, under landing, it said 10 seconds, which I knew there's no way. I mean, I've flown so many times I can't even tell you, and I, there's no, and I thought that's wrong. Because first of all, we have to get down to the weather. We have to go through it. And then there's normally a good bit of distance between the bottom of that storm system, right? Those clouds and the ground, right? So I just knew it was wrong. And so anyway, it's a 10 seconds. And all of a sudden, as soon as we entered, got fully engulfed in these clouds, we hit the ground. I mean, literally, I almost inside I screamed like a child. I mean, I did. I about wet myself. I mean, I got such a shock. I mean, folks, this was not fog. I mean, you couldn't see the wing, the runway, literally all the way up to the window. It was just thick cloud. And I'm freaking out inside. And I'm looking around, and nobody else is freaking out. You know, nobody... And suddenly it hits me. They're not seeing what I'm seeing. Because if they would see what I'm seeing, they'd be freaking out too. They're saying something about it. And I finally kind of... But then I realized, okay, they're not seeing this. When I finally calmed down, the Holy Spirit spoke to me so clearly. said this, Bill, too many of my children still live as if there is a distance between their ground and my glory, and there is none. And, and a big priority for your life is to remove that gap by exposing the lie of that distance. There is literally no distance, none, between God's glory and your life. No distance. 
Think about this. Think about it like this. If a sinner, do you guys remember when you were one of those? You know? You were born that way. Believe me. I remember. I was dark, nasty, lost. Wild Bill. Wild Bill. That's right. The only distance between his glory and me was in a turn. That was it. That was it. One change of my mind and the glory changed my life. Think about that. If the glory of heaven to save the darkest among us is only one turn away, how close are you? The enemy works so hard, so incessantly, that there's this distance. That we're, you know, we're worshiping to get, you know? No. We don't worship to get to him, we worship because he got to us. And I don't feel it. It doesn't matter. Feelings, I love them, but they're really overrated. Feeling the atmosphere of this room. Right now, there are hundreds of songs available. Hundreds of songs are available in the space of this little room. And if you had the right receiver and you tuned into the correct frequency, you would get your sound. You'd get your jazz or your blues or your classical. Your, you get it. Well, guess what? We are heaven's primary receiver. The glory is in this room. The glory of God is right here. And we are the primary receiver. And the Holy Spirit's primary purpose and job description is to tune us in to the frequency of that glory that's here. And it manifests in so many different ways. We saw some of that when praying was going on. Some of you were tapping into that. And He uses everything. The worship, the words, the prayers, the Word. I mean, just all of it. Every bit of it. Just He's using it all. It's all the language and the creativity of God so that we can experience and connect with Him. And you you are heaven's vehicle of choice. That's why the enemy's working so hard. Why do you think... That's why you're battling so much. In... um, In 2021, um, I got cancer. Just like, yeah, I got cancer. January of 2021. Got diagnosed and it was pretty bad. And then July 13th of 2021, I got surgery. And uh, it was pretty rough. I mean, it well, it was. And yeah, I've seen so many people healed of cancer and I've been healed of many different things, but uh, this one was stubborn. <laughs> this sucker was stubborn. And I mean, I got prayed for by everybody. 
And, and, and Jesus is my healer, but I did not my, but that cancer, um, yeah, I had to get surgery for it in 2023 and I got carved up pretty bad. Now just to let you know, I've got a clean bill of health. There's no cancer in my body. Yay, yay. None whatsoever. And, uh, we, listen, we got the victory one way or another. And let me just say this. I, this is not where I was going with it, but got to make a point. I discovered something very interesting, that there is a difference between being liver, delivered from something and be, de, being delivered through something. There is a difference between God delivering you from something and delivering you through something. Now, I've been delivered of a lot of things. I prefer that. <laughs> I vote for from things. I do. I'm signed up. I signed a document. God, I want to be delivered from. But there are times that He delivers us through things. And He's with us through those things. But there is a fruitfulness. There is a depth. There is an encounter with God that comes no other way. And it's not, and it's not about God orchestrating you going through it. It's just sometimes you do. But still, there's an advancement. There's a gain. Once again, His progress for your life. And we can see, we have examples of that, of the, of the difference it makes. Like I said, I want to go on record. I'm, if, if it was my choice, I want to be delivered from that, Lord. I don't want to have to go through it. But I've also discovered there are places in Him we only go, we only discover about Him in those spaces. Remember when Peter got delivered from prison? Right? I mean, they were going to kill him. They were going to take him out the next day and take his head off. He was sleeping. Cell group was praying for him. He gets completely delivered. I mean, it's like he was in such a comfortable state. He was... He was so asleep, he was so deeply comfortably asleep that the angel had to work hard to wake him up and get him clothed and get him moving. Read the story. You know? Come on, let's get with it. That's being delivered from something. How many remember Paul and Silas? Right? Remember them? They got stripped. They got beaten bloody. Right? They got thrown into the inner prison. These were not holiday inns with bars. <laughs> Put their feet in stocks. Can you imagine the stench of that place? They began to worship. They began to praise. In a pretty horrible situation. They did not get delivered from it. But then the earthquake came and then the revival hit the family and all the story. You see the the fruitfulness, the depth of encounter, that happens. Remember, he's always there with an advance, with a gain, with a progress. But anyway, so I went through it and um, yeah, I really did. I, I, I can literally say that I, if Jesus had come, it came to me. I'll just, I know this, this sounds, it's, it sounds like an embellishment, but it's true. I promise you. And People like Nigel and Debbie that know me know that this is true. And I'm not saying this is, is an embellishment to try to make a, another point. If, if Jesus came to me and said, Bill, 
you've got I, I, I'll give you a choice. I can take you back and get you completely healed, remove the cancer so you don't have to go through chemo or radiation or surgery. But you'll not know me in the way you know me now. You will not have those same deep treasures that you gained with me in that time. What's your choice? It's not even for me. It's, oh man, leave me be. This is cool. You know, really. Yeah. yeah when, you, when you encounter heaven in the darkest places, your life will never be the same. You know, you, we receive grace through faith. We experience it. No, we receive, I'm sorry. We receive grace through revelation. We experience grace through faith, but you really never come to fully understand it except through battle. You never know really how powerful and amazing and incredible it is until you're in a place that's not so nice. It's true. Well, anyway, that's not where I was going, but that's pretty good stuff. Okay. The point I want to make about cancer is after, oh, and it was, it, it was tough. It really was. Yeah. <laughs> you guys know. It was tough. Ooh. Yeah, I was down for the count. And um, anyway, I was at our home and had a lot of pain, a lot of discomfort. And um, I, there was, we have these on our, we got, we got uh, two floors at our house and we're upstairs. That's the main floor and, and we have like this little, I don't know what you call it, a little railing around the stairway going. And there was something messed up and, and, uh, and so I was down at the bottom trying to sort it out. Just trying, it was just, something was loose and, and, um, and we had an IT, um, we, we, in the, we're in this small gated community and, uh, we, we have, we share, um, internet and ours was on the blink and so they sent the tech and he was behind me about the distance from, yeah, about from here to the wall. And I'm down on the ground and I'm in pain and I'm grumpy. You know, and he's behind me. Now, I don't know this guy. He's working on wires. He's up on, the, on, on, on a ladder. And the guy starts talking about this pain in his back, sciatic nerve, runs. He just wants, and I don't want to hear it. No, 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 no. I mean, literally, I just did not, I mean, that's how I felt. I mean, I literally, I promise, I put my hands over my ears. No, no, no. Just to say, Lord, leave. no, I don't want, you know, because when you hear something like that, you know, when you're pre a present-centered, Jesus is in charge, He's Savior, Deliverer, and Healer, you're always on duty. And if you hear somebody moan about something, hey, can I pray for you? You know, I was like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? It's just uh, the magnetism, need, here we are, you know. But I didn't want anything to do with that, I promise you. I was hurt, I was in pain, I was grumpy. I'm thinking, dude, get a number and get in line. You know? <clears throat> Serious. And so I'm down here, right? And I'm just thinking, I don't want to hear this. And I look up and our kitchen is right on the other side of where the stairway. And I see my wife. And she's looking at me. 
Now, if that's not bad enough, I saw Jesus looking at me through her eyes. Yeah? No, I did. I mean, I literally... And she didn't say a word. She didn't have to. Just looked at me and I heard this. Now what are you going to do, Christian? You know what I'm saying? Which means Christ-like. I mean, literally, that's what I said. Now what are you going to do, Christian? And so I just didn't, uh, didn't want it. Like I said, felt terrible, but I just started talking to him, introduced myself a little bit, told him who I was, and I, you know, told him a little bit about what that could be. Could I pray for you? Have you ever had anybody pray for you? Are you a Christian? And he was at least some kind of churchgoer. Anyway, literally afterwards, I said, when you're done, when you're finished, let me just pray for you. One of his legs was an inch and a half. Left. Inch and a half. Longer than the other. Prayed for it. God, God was shocked. He could watch it grow out the way when I turned his feet, his legs shot out, got completely healed. Now, the point of this is it had nothing to do with, with how good I felt. You know, and often we, and, 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 and the nature of religion is, is so much tied to performance and, you know, we, we, we finally have arrived and we've got this thing right. And if you think about it, it's never that way. It's never that way. I mean, if that was the case, how could you get born again? How could you get the miracle of the new birth when you are utterly dead in your trespasses and sins? The greatest miracle in the universe is the new birth, a new nature, a new heart, the life of God filling a dead spirit. Think about that. And there was nothing you could do except say, yes, that's it. Just in a turn. And we have to remember that. Some of, there's some people in here and that's kind of your battle. It was, I'm just, I'm just too weak. You know, I had this loss. I've got this lack. In fact, sometimes I think you're more qualified. Because it just helps you kind of stay locked in on the fact that, no, it's his strength. You know what I'm saying? It's his character. It's his, he has nothing to do with how healed I am, but the healer that he is. How good I feel. No, it's the goodness he is. All I do is just make a choice. Just show faith. You ready for a simple definition of faith? You ready? You ready? It's the best. Simplest definition ever. Ready? Faith is simply acting like you have what you believe. That's it. Faith is as simple as acting like you have what you believe. It has nothing to do with feelings, you know, how successful you've been, how many hours you've prayed. Nothing to do with it whatsoever. Before you got born again, did you have a prayer life? Did you have a witnessing life? Had you been tithing? <laughs> and the enemy chips away at the simplicity of that truth as we get a little bit more, a bit more experience. A little bit more. And I'm not dismissing... The, 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 the stuff, the gains, the victories, but those are all trophies that need to go in His case. Give them back to God. 
Keep giving them back to Him. Paul said, man, I'm going to boast in my weakness. His grace is sufficient for me. His power is perfected. Where? In my weakness. It's okay. Now, I'm not saying go be weak for the sake of God showing up. You don't need to do it. You already are it. (laughs) We don't have a chance without Jesus all the time. We really don't. I mean, the enemy, think about this. See, um, thank the Lord we can't see everything that's going on in the unseen realm. I mean, really. Thank the Lord we can't see it all. It says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. That's all he does 24 7. That's his whole purpose for your life. And look how well you're doing. (laughs) I mean, come on. Think about the, the, the assaults, the sicknesses, the diseases, the curses, the arsenal of the demonic that he has at his disposal. And, you know, maybe he, he gets through a cold, a little bit of a sniffle. And let's say, just for the sake of argument, the worst case scenario in the natural happens. You die early. What's so bad about heaven? <laughs> I mean, I'm not, I'm not suggesting that's what we want to do. But you gotta step back and go, man, you're always in the plus column. Always. It's always better than it's bad. It's always bigger than it's not. Always. That's why the enemy has to have a big amplifier. He's got a lousy band, but a good amplifier. In 2018, my son Adam got cancer. Lives here. He's doing great. He's now five years clean, which is wonderful. Stays in order. Getting getting married in April. Love him. He was the first one born here when we landed in Johannesburg 36 years ago. And um, he came to... He was at our service. He... He'd been battling flu symptoms for a year. Doctors were treating him, you know, like flus, MEs, chronic fatigue syndrome kind of stuff for a whole year. And um, he came to the service. And I, uh, boy, and I was supposed to fly out on Monday to the States. And, uh, boy, I thought, man, I've got to get him to my doctor. And um, so I took him to my doctor on Monday. My doctor took a first look at him and said, i got to get you to the hospital. Something's not right. And um, he had, um, he was suffering uh, from, what's it called? Um, meningitis. Um, encephalitis. He was suffering from, he was having symptoms of encephalitis, which the doctor picked up on right away. My doctor did. And got him in the hospital. And so I postponed my flight to the States for a few days. Come Wednesday, the diagnosis comes through. He's got cancers. Nodular sclerosis, Hodgkin's lymphoma. They thought it was stage four because he, his lymph nodes throughout his, his abdomen and this area were just so enlarged. And um, so they did. They thought it was stage four. They thought it was that bad. Prognosis of survival is between 30 and 50%. 
only if you get to that stage. And um, anyway, I left him Wednesday at about 10 a.m. and went back to where I was staying. And I got to tell you, I got knocked on the floor with 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 a, with a grief, with a de- with just a, a weight that I was literally in a fetal position on the floor, weeping uncontrollably. The grief. The feeling of losing my son just knocked the breath right out of me. I remember that. The pain, the thought of my son dying was the worst thing I've ever felt. I'm on the floor, and I mean the enemy has beat me up. I mean, it was so dark. In my spirit, it wasn't a feeling, but in my spirit, I knew, I was aware There was two me's. There was the spirit me and there was the flesh me. The temporal me. And the temporal me was getting pounded, but the spirit me knew, get up, Bill. I heard that in my spirit. Get up, Bill. Get up, Bill. I remember shouting, pulling myself up. And we had a venue um, in Tiger Valley where our church would meet. And so I went there about midnight when I finally got there. And I just went up to the altar area and I just began to, I just got with the Father, just walking back and forth. All I could do, I, I, I still felt just absolutely horrible. But I knew I needed to get with the Father. And so I just walked back and forth, just praying in the Spirit. I, I didn't know what to say. Just praying in the spirit and and just scriptures that would come to my mind, I would I would pray and and I would just thank him that he's with me and and this went on for about two hours. When two hours was up, approximately, it was done. I had such a peace and such a joy. Literally, I was completely anchored in him to such an extent that even though my son still maybe had stage four and my not, the conditions hadn't changed one bit, but I was completely at peace, completely with joy because I was completely in him. And then, and then the Holy Spirit spoke to me. He said, Bill, it's going to be a journey. He's going to get healed which he is. He's healed completely. And he says, he's going to get healed. It's going to be a journey. What I want you, what you need to do is you need to celebrate every victory. Don't wait for an outcome because you're not on a journey for your a healing. You're on a journey with a healer. It's not about an outcome. It's about a person. That's what he said to me. He said, if you, if you, if you only are praying and looking for an outcome, you'll miss me. That's not to say he doesn't want to give you the outcome. But he says, I want to journey with you. You need to journey with me. Not for an outcome, but with me. And in order to do that, you need to celebrate every victory. You need to see me every step of the way. And that's exactly what I did. And there were so many. The first one was when they did the, they did the bone marrow. You know, they check, they, it wasn't stage four. It wasn't in the bone marrow. It was stage three, and I, woo! Got that one! 
So I mean, they were, they were they just kept every every positive thing it was like woo! There he is again, just celebrating one victory after another. And then he gave me um, Deuteronomy twenty-eight seven. So I'd never seen it like this before. It says, when your when your enemies rise up against you, the Lord no, the Lord will cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come in one way and flee seven. says, Bill, there's a minimum of seven major victories in this attack. Wow. <laughs> the enemy really, really got to... Think about that. You talk about a counter you know, weapon that we have. He hits us one way and we get victories in seven. And, I can, and if I had time, I can point them out to you. And, and I believe there are, and, and I believe this is for some people that are in here. The God, it's like I said, it's, and I'm not saying the outcomes are wrong or what we're believing for is wrong, but it's, it's about a journey with a person, not just a journey for an event, you know, or, or a specific focus that we have. And so I believe there are probably some people in here, and it's like, and I'm not, it doesn't have to be, I mean, you can be on the floor out of breath for a lot of other reasons. It doesn't have to be uh, the potential death of a loved one. I mean, it can just be rejection. It can be financial loss. It can be just confusion over, do I even have a future? Or things haunting from your past. And I just feel like God's saying, hey, just notice the victories. There are so many. We're often waiting for a feeling to leave or one specific thing to take place. And God say, man, I want you to notice we're on a journey together. There's a lot of things that are going on. And more than anything, I am. It's the relationship more than anything else. But we miss it. Because our whole, our whole walk is about just trying to get this next thing. And I just want to encourage some of you in here, celebrate your victories. Every one of them, notice them. And there's no such thing, even though they seem small in the natural, God makes them big. Anything God does, no matter what it is, you know is God's response to your faith or His kindness or His goodness, is God Himself and deserves that level of celebration. And I really, I know this is a bit of a mixed platter. How many like mixed platters? I, I love a mixed platter. I will eat mixed platters every meal. This is kind of like that. But it's good because it has, Holy Spirit takes different things. Because we're different. All of us are. Different places need to hear different things. And so I was in Johannesburg leading a, his, a church. That we're part of a movement together. And, um, early, and I went to a conference at Rhema. You guys know Rhema Cauley and the Rhema Church? And, Ray really was the, the first connection that got me into South Africa, gave me a work permit, or sponsored my work permit so I could be in the country. Not to do a Rhema church, but to plant a campus church um, at, at Vitz in 87. And uh, so I would, I would go to some of their services and some of their conferences. And um, so I was at a conference at Rhema. Ed Raybert, who was pastoring the Hatfield Church. At one time it was a Baptist church, and he and Ray were in the same, leading the same movement together called IFCC. Well, he was speaking. 
Now, this was before they expanded their auditorium, but it was still held 5,000 people. So there are 5,000 people in this conference. I'm on the second row behind, yeah, on the second row, and, and Ed Rayburn's on the stage speaking. And quite frankly, I do not remember what he was saying. But all of a sudden, I'm, I'm sitting, I'm actually sitting by, I think I'm sitting by, behind Ray, or maybe Ray was over here. And, so, and suddenly, I mean, I, I, the, the, the room, my, I, I literally was in a vision, and I don't get visions like that. I've had maybe a, a couple my entire Christian life, and this was one of them. And I'm sitting there, and all of a sudden, the, the, the auditorium disappears, and I'm watching a father come home. And I instinctively know this is dad coming to his home coming to his house. I instinctively knew that. And he opens the front door, comes into the hallway, and off to the right is a lounge, and he can hear the laughter of his kids. You can hear them playing and laughing and frolicking, and, and, and I could feel the joy of Papa's heart. He just couldn't wait to turn the corner and just eat them up. Any parents in here, you know what that means. You just want to gobble them up. You love them so much. You can't get enough of them, you know. And I felt that. I felt the excitement of Papa. And I also instinctively knew this is actually Papa God. And we are the children in the lounge. And as soon as he turns the corner, in the lounge is a cage. And the children are in the cage playing. And when they see Papa, they're so excited and they come running over to the, to the, to the, where, the, play, the, the edge of the cage, the wall of the cage where, um, where the father was standing. And the bars just gave him enough space to stick his fingers in. Not all the way, just this, the first half of his fingers. And the children were, were, were next to his fingers just being touched by them and just kind of ooing and aahing and isn't this wonderful? And But all of a sudden, I, 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 I felt the heartbreak of the Father. I felt His broken heart that here were children that had no idea how little they were getting, yet how much they were supposed to have. And it broke His heart. And I felt that heartbreak and I began to weep uncontrollably in that conference, and I'm weeping, and I'm weeping. Now, all of I'm weeping, I can't stop, but now I'm aware I'm back in the auditorium. In fact, I, you could just tell all eyes are on the crybaby. In fact, Ed Raybert came, and it was Ed because I heard him pray. I could literally, he, walked, he stopped preaching, came down, came where I was, laid his hands on me. I don't even remember what he prayed. But I just could not stop crying for a while as I felt his broken heart that they, the little, that they had no idea how little they had in light of how much he was. And that's true for all of us. Did you know that? Now, there's something else happened later. I don't want to go into that. That's not the point of why I shared this. But, that's all of us. That all of us, all of us, doesn't matter. Myself, P. 
people that have had incredible encounters. We've gone deep in God. We can be like those children, thinking that, wow, look how much we have. Not knowing, not real, and camp out there and get stuck there and define our lives there. It happens all the time. Church history is evidence of rivers becoming swamps. And level of experience or encounter or revelation becomes a campsite rather than a journey for more of Him. Think about oh, Real quick. I'm going to just show you something that is really cool. <laughs> I love this. Listen to this. It's, it's, in, it's in John... 16.14, he says that the Holy Spirit is going to come and glorify me. He's going to take of mine and he's going to disclose it to you. Holy Spirit's job description is to take what I have and reveal it to you. That's a great job. Wow. It's his job. Now wait, watch this. He's going to take what's mine and disclose it to you. Then he says this. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said, He takes of mine, discloses it to you. He, it's a redundant statement. He says twice, He's going to take what's mine and disclose it to you. Then He says the same thing in verse 15 with a different preface. He prefaces that statement by saying, all the things the Father has are mine. Why did he, therefore, He'll take of mine and give it to you. Why did He say that? Because He understands the proclivity of fallen man to camp out. To be comfortable and confident in a level of encounter. They had been walking with Jesus for several years by now. A couple of years. And so he realized, if they think they've got it just because they've had me in this season, they are greatly mistaken. All the Father, it's not just what you see. That, that, that happens. Well, we, we, we know how Jesus does this here. You know how it works over there. We got Jesus down. By a couple of years of being with Jesus. No, no. He says, ah, no, no, no. A whole lot more. A whole lot more. That is so important. And it happens, it's happened to every generation before us. That scares me in, in, in a good way. It really does. One of the things that scares me in a good way is, Lord, I, man, I don't want to get stuck. You're moving. You're advancing. You're on a journey. There's more of you. I love this. This is awesome. This is great. But I don't want this to be my campsite. The only thing Israel was supposed to camp around was the presence. That's it! You know? And then be on a journey. But it happens. It happens. That's one reason I love our tribe. I've been walking with this tribe for a number of years and they just keep going, hit the refresh button. His presence. And there's new things. And, that, and, and a childlike faith that just continues to take risks and step into that. And you're really part of a family, part of a leadership, part of a, of a community that man is just sold out for that. And celebrate. I love it, but Lord, I just I don't want to get stuck. I don't want to let an event or an experience define me. Because there's so much more of you. Okay. 
I'll, I'll, I'm going to end with this. Starting to close. You know, there's a difference between starting and closing, right? Okay, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. This is it. This is it. Thank you, Jesus. Wow. Say, yeah. Okay, I'll do this. I'll do this one. In uh, John 14, you guys know the story. Jesus, they had the feeding of the five thousand. Tells his disciples to get in a boat and get out of here. I'll take care of the crowds. I want to see what he did, you know. Doesn't tell, but he got, he got him moving on. Goes up to pray. Sees the disciples down on the water, struggling. So he takes a walk on the water. When they first see Jesus walking on the water, they think it's a ghost. You know, and they got, I mean, they, they cried out like a bunch of kids, children, you know, scared kids. I mean, they cried out. That's what it says. For fear that it's a ghost. And Jesus says, hey, cool it, it's me. <laughs> and then Peter, there's so much in here, but I just want to get to one amazing point that most people never notice. But, but he says, Jesus, if it's you, I mean, I love Peter's faith, man. If God loves us if we just had an if, you know? Get out of the boat on an if. If it's you, command me, come to you. Jesus said, come on. Gets out of the boat, starts walking. He starts walking to Jesus on the water. Then he kind of notices, you know, other conditions. And, you know, he's starting to sink a little bit. Now he's up to his knees, right? Then, literally, he gets to a point where he says this to Jesus. Jesus, save me. Jesus, save me. Then it says, Jesus reached out, grabbed hold of him and said, why would you doubt? It's your problem. <laughs> Folks, save him from what? Drowning? Are you kidding me? The dude's a fisherman. He lives on the water. Think about, remember when after the resurrection, who was the one that jumped out of the boat to swim? It was Peter. He didn't say, people think, save me from drowning. No. Save me from failing. But I want you to notice where Peter was. Have you ever seen paintings where they see Peter's walking on the water, he's starting to go down, and Jesus is far away? That's not what happened. He just reached out. What does that mean? He was there. I mean, he was a bit wetter. You know, he was a little sloppy. Probably could improve on water walking. But he made it. He made it. Faith in God's direction never fails. Never. You can't fail. When you trust Him. Yeah, you get wet. Things don't always turn out the way you hope. But there's no failure. You cannot fail when you trust God. Faith in His direction is heaven attractive. You've got to know that. Now, I'm not talking about stupid sin stuff. Come on. Stuff that's 
tied to our relationship with Him, our character, His nature, what He's doing. His, His purpose and plan for your life to advance, to gain. Trusting Him even when you don't get the, 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 the outcome you were hoping for, you still win. You still win. You can't lose. And the question is, what would you do if you couldn't fail? We are in that season. We literally are in that season. We are in out of the boat time. You know, it's I'll get out of the boat if I can see how deep it is, or maybe if a few of the people come along with me, or if I see someone else do it first. We are in this kind of season. I'm gonna I've got to, I'm gonna use one more illustration, something that happened to me in April because I feel like it fits this moment, and we're gonna pray. I was in April, I was in the States. And I was flying from Nashville to Reading. And we had to land in Las Vegas for some passengers to get off and some passengers to get on. And let me see, I think I wrote this down somewhere. So I want to read it. I have it on my phone. Anyway, so I'm, I didn't get a flight. I'm on the same plane. And we're waiting for other passengers to come on. And I hear my phone ding. You know, you know when it dings and you look down? Now, just to let you know, okay, it dings. And I look down, and this is what the ding says. It says, it's an alert. It said, Southwest Airlines halts all departures citing technology issues. I'm on Southwest Airlines. I'm on a Southwest Airlines flight, sitting on the plane, and I look down and it says this, Southwest Airlines halts all departures citing technology issues. I mean, and I literally thought to myself, this came, my first thought was, I hope the crew didn't see that. <laughs> In fact, a flight attendant came walking by, I hid it. It was weird. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, let me hide this. I don't want them to know. I don't want to be grounded. I don't want to be stuck. But that's what it said. So I'm just kind of waiting for, you know, the captain or, or a steward or whatever say something about us having to get off the plane because we've all been grounded. They were having so much problems. They're having so much airline problem in the States, by the way. They are. So it didn't really seem too unusual that that was going to happen, but man, I didn't want it to. So anyway, I'm just kind of waiting to hear, get off the plane, and I notice passengers coming on the plane. And I think to myself, huh, maybe they didn't see it. You know, maybe it came from the East Coast and hasn't made it to the West yet. And then all of a sudden, they're closing the doors. All the, and then I realized, this is Holy Spirit stuff. This is Holy Spirit language. I recognize the, the unusual things that He will let happen to speak to us. And all of a sudden, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing this thing. It, we are grounded, but now we're going. We're grounded, but we're going. And the Holy Spirit said it so clearly to me. So when the world can't, God does. When most won't, you will. You can't be grounded. And we need to know that. Because the world is getting grounded. They're getting stopped in their tracks. Economic systems. 
help. I mean, it, it, the, the, the warfare, the battle, things getting shut down, the difficulties. I mean, that global pandemic and all the crazy stuff that came with it. But it does not matter if the world gets grounded. We don't. And then God said this to me. He says, Bill, you, you've learned how to do with an abundance. You've learned how to do with lack. But now it's time to do with just me and my word again. Again. He said again. Now it's time to do it with just me and my word again. In other words, I, I know how to trust you with a lot. I know how to trust you with a little, but now I'm trusting you with just a word and me again. Where did that happen? Think about that. Where did that originally happen? In the new birth. That's all you had. There wasn't a whole lot of anything else other than there's a word. I trusted it and I was changed. Nothing else to confirm that that was going to happen for your life. Except that word, you trust, what? You trusted in Christ alone and the miracle of the new birth. And we are in that kind of season where God is, and, and it part, and it's, it's a lot easier to do it when you're naive and newly saved. It's a whole nother thing to do it when you've got a lot of stuff. When you've got a lot of success, when you've got a lot of victories, when you've got a lot of experience. Why? Because those things were never designed for our faith. Our faith has one place it's designed for. It's heavenly technology and it's designed to fit with Him and Him alone. And the reason I say that is because there's some people in here and uh, you got a word. You're hearing God, but you're not seeing a lot of things line up to confirm it. You're not, you're not, you know, you're looking for it. It's like, man, I just, or that, why isn't, you know, you, it's just, you, but you know it. It's, it uh, a word from God is a word that just doesn't leave. And, and because we've learned how to get confirmation and to get support and, and to do things based on strategy and, and logistics and whatnot, we're, we're, we're kind of waiting for those things. And God's saying, no, you've got to get out of the boat. And it's tied to our maturity. It's tied to a whole new level of our relationship with Him. And there are some people in here like that. And, 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 and you just, you're taking a step like out of the boat. You're just taking that step. And all of us at one time or another have examples of that. I believe we are in a prolific season of that. And hence why the battle is so intense. The warfare is so incredible. Because God gets no, the greatest glory God ever gets is when we just, we're trusting nothing but Him alone. Christ and Him alone. And I'm not saying God doesn't want us to have confirmation. I'm not saying God doesn't want us those things will line up, but it's kind of like God gave you a word. He's doing it. He's in it. Just take the step. Needing no other evidence other than that's His will. That's His heart. Thank you, Holy Spirit. What would you do? What would we do if we knew we couldn't fail? And I'm talking about in our living realm, in the place that God has us, our purpose, our wiring, our calling, our relationships, our space in life. What would we do if we couldn't fail? If that is you, command me 
to come. <laughs> and you hear that one word, come on, yeah. come out here, this is where I am. We step out of the boat. We walk on the water of those promises. Creation surrendering and submitting and deferring to the new creation that we have in Christ. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank You so much for this family, this body, Your bride, Your sons and daughters. I thank You for that they are Jesus in another outfit and together they make God's Your glorious wardrobe. That You found them, You saved them, You filled them, and You're coming out of them like never before. Unrestrained. Radical. Almost, it almost looks crazy. But it's not. It is mature, childlike faith. A child doesn't have success and, and, and his, all kinds of history and resources to trust. They can only trust in the benevolence of another person towards them. Father, we're at that place again. We're trusting in Your goodness to fulfill Your Word, to fulfill the disclosure of the magnificence of Your Son. So Father, right now, we just, we just say yes again. Just say yes again. Just say yes again to that Word. And in any part of that, just say yes again. That there is no distance, none, between You and Him. And his heart is just pulsating with just, come, come, my son, my daughter. Don't stay stuck. There's more. But just get out of the boat. Take that step. Trust me. Watch me do what only I can do. A never-failing, all-prevailing, all-sustaining love. Father, that we pray. You're praying and we, stay, and we just say yes and amen to the prayer that our lives, these lives, prosper, advance, gain, progress, even as their souls prosper, being filled with Your presence, filled with Your glory, filled with Your magnificence. Father, we just thank You. Thank You, Holy Spirit. We just say yes again. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh, can we all stand? <laughs> uh, oh, just raise you, put your hands anywhere, just put them out, put them out, put them up, put them just, yeah. <laughs> oh, Papa, just hug us like we've never been hugged before. <laughs> just give us a squeeze. <laughs> Oh, oh, we're hugging you back. We're hugging you back. Oh, oh. <laughs> oh. oh, thank you for that embrace. Embrace. He's embracing you. There's no distance. He's, it's the, the embrace of His passion, the embrace of His beauty, the embrace of His love. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> Uh, just tilt your heads back just a little bit. Tilt it back. Come on. There you go. Take a guzzle. <laughs> and he says, if you're thirsty, come drink. Yep. 
<laughs> Amen. <laughs> oh, Jesus. <laughs> Freedom. 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 Oh, Father, freedom to continue to move forward to more of You. To more of You. To more of You. Uh, We just, all the camping out, getting stuck. No way, no more. We hope you have enjoyed this message. For more information, please visit nigelanddebbie.org.